Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the FPL Hangover podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. Halloween is finished, the decorations have been put away and winter is officially here. It would seem that Fancy Premier League is also taking its cue directly from the natural world as FPL point returns, at least for myself, are pretty barren right now, as barren as the trees out back. But before we get into it, allow me to introduce... A man who is not barren, he's full of life. My podcast partner in crime, Seamus. How are you getting on, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's uh, earlier on a Monday that we're recording this than we normally would, so I'm going to have a bit more life in me this week. Not so much full of FPL points, but that's the way things are going this season. But uh, yeah, got got more energy in me this week. How are you? I'm not too bad. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty fun week. I like Halloween time. Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy the spooky periods? Did you get up to any shenanigans? Any Halloween movies? Uh, yeah, I watched some Halloween movies, but uh, not not too much. Uh, I think did we mention it last week? Watched Halloween. You did. That was it. We didn't watch anything this weekend. I think we just uh, signed up for Amazon Prime and just watched regular movies, non Halloween movies. So, cheap plug there for Amazon. If you're listening, get on to us. We can do that every week for a nominal fee. But, Not uh, cheap at all. Not cheap at all. They're, they're sponsoring the show now. Yeah. Well, at least they're sponsoring me. They're giving me free Amazon. You must at least fuck- for one week. You've got to start hooking me up with that shit, man. But, uh, yeah, there was no need to watch uh, horror movies this week, Seamus, because there was nothing scarier than uh, the Game Week 7 that just went by. At least... I don't know. I mean, how are you feeling about the game week? Like, are you happy with your results? Give us a, a quick rundown of your week. Um, yeah, let me pull up my team. Happy? I wouldn't say I'm happy. Um, there's lots of rooms for improvement. So, like, two games left to go in this game week, of course. Okay, we're recording before the Fulham-West Brom game and the Leeds-Leicester game. Um, so, eight games gone. I'm on 47 points with two players left to play, both Justin and Barnes. Um, team-wise, McCarthy and goals... He got he actually got three points. He made six saves despite the fact they conceded three goals. Alexander Arnold again doing nothing. Uh, James for Chelsea got me six points, so started him. Happy with that to see him play. Captain Salah, sixteen points. Son Kane had those. Everyone has those. I had Trossard in the Brighton game. Uh, Calvert-Lewin got me a late goal and a couple of bonus points, and Jimenez with two points. So forty-seven points. Game week rank as it stands right now about two point eight million. I'm Plus about 100k in last week's overall rank. I'm at 2.5 million now. I was at 2.6 last week. So, um, yeah, that's um, yeah, it's not too bad. How about you? What's your points at at the moment? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, just before I, I get onto mine, like, you still have Justin and Barnes to play. So, maybe if Harvey Barnes either A does the business for you tonight, you know, boom, boom, green arrows all the way. And if he just happens to get rested, which, you know, was kind of a a theme this week, you have Lamptey sitting as first uh, sub with nine points. So uh, it's kind of, you know, this week could still end up okay for yourself, Seamus. I am not too dissimilar. I think I got like 45 points. uh, All my prepping, and I don't have my fucking points to hand. But uh, I think I got something like 45 points. Uh, Similar again, you know, not really moving. Um, The wild post-wild cards hasn't uh hasn't been as fruitful as i was hoping this week i was hoping this week we kind of you know i was really excited before the game we kicked off in terms of my team just looked set i didn't have to make any transfer i think we both rolled our transfers this week you did as well didn't you 
I did. And that's where when you were asking, are you happy? I was like, you know, my, my score isn't terrible. Like I had points there. I got my captain to see captaincy decision. Right. It was always going to be I must have changed my mind between Son, Kane and Salah. I don't know how many times on Friday. Um, Thursday, I think I was set on uh, Son as my captain. I thought about it. I was like, yeah, Son Brighton is set up perfectly for Spurs. Like they like to play with the ball a lot. They can be caught on the counter attack. Son racing in behind. Um, they've got big defenders, but slow defenders, apart from Lamptey, who's quite fast. Uh, but then I started thinking, okay, Lamptey is probably going to be marking Son, and he is quite fast. Maybe I don't want to go Son. Maybe I want to go Harry Kane, but I knew you had Harry Kane as captain. So then I was thinking, Salah, I'll go Salah. Nearly talked myself back into to Kane, but stuck with Salah. Right decision. So that was one good thing. Um, the, was, the main things, oh yeah? I was saying I was actually pretty happy that you had Salah as uh, the captain come uh, yesterday evening. Because, you know, Kane had what? He had a goal inside the first 10, 12 minutes of the match. Penalty. Mm. First, uh, I think it's the first Premier League penalty for Kane this season not no, sure he scored against United he scored against United oh you're right you're right um, no he did uh, but yeah he, you know it was something that you always kind of have in the locker and it, it proved similar with Salah who also got a penalty but I was pretty happy I was like okay boom there's the goal level with Salah for goals scored now uh, it just needs to you know kick on one more goal even an assist I'd have been delighted it turns out that uh, not that was not to be um, with Bale's Late winner, it removed any hope of bonus points for Harry Kane, and you know he returned a an okay, an okay six points, but two points less than Salah, who did return the eight. So you won that little battle, Seamus. You have to be, you have to have been, you know, happy enough with that one. But uh, yeah, but I lost out in other areas. Um, like I've Lamptey on the bench. I think most people I saw this week had Lamptey on the bench. I mean, he was against Spurs. I would have just thrown him in there if I didn't already have Trossard. And it was like, there's no way I'm playing two Brighton players in this game. And I said, I'll play with Trossard. And when I saw the lineups at the start and uh, Potter rotated heavily and Trossard was playing as the nominal center forward, really. Um, now he moved around quite a bit. I was like, right, I'm happy with this. Even though there's no target man to play off of, which probably would suit him more because he's not really a great lone central striker. Uh, I was like, OK, well, he's the most likely going to be the most advanced player, probably. Um, then I thought of it. I bet you Lamptey scores. This was about like ten minutes in. I was like, I bet you Lamptey scores today. And I'm like, nah, nah, I just missed it. But anyway, that's that. That's whatever decision that is. Okay. Uh, the main thing I'm upset about, if I'm upset about anything, and upset is probably a harsh word, um, was the fact that I was I could have easily gone for Grealish for Barnes this week, and I considered it, and I said, no, roll your transfer. I want to have two. Gives you more to move to play with and move with and you know leads away. Isn't a terrible game for, isn't a terrible game for um Harvey Barnes for Barnes. So I was like, yeah, stick with uh Greenish. and the main or stick with Barnes instead of Greenish. The main reason being that I just fancied Southampton. I heard you on uh you you made a guest appearance on a different show this week. And uh, you were a lot of you were kind of talking up that you thought Aston Villa would beat Southampton. Now, I I kind of fancied Southampton in the form that they're into turnover Villa, and so it seemed that's, that's the way it went. But two late goals saw Grealish come away with massive points, so it, that feels like I left that behind. I could have had those fifteen points. Um, I'm sure Barnes will do nothing today because yeah. he's done nothing since I've had him in. So yeah, well, I mean. 
like yeah, I we we I did guest uh, guest appearance on the Lama Lounge on YouTube. So if anyone wants to check that out, I would highly recommend it. A sound bunch of lads and uh, a lovely host as well. So that was a great time. I really really enjoyed that. Hopefully we get back there soon and, and maybe get them on this side of the this side of the channel, so to speak. But uh, yeah, we chatted about the Aston Villa and Southampton game, and uh, yeah, I did. I fancied the Villa win. I think watching the match. What three goals from direct uh, from from set plays? You know, a corner, two free kicks. Uh, there's not a whole lot. I don't know. Villa can. I mean, of course, there's, there's a lot they can do when <laughs> when it comes to defending a set fucking play. But uh, like, it's it, there were three kind of goals out of nowhere. Even Ings' fourth goal was you know a massive um, a massive kind of what you said low xg shot. Isn't that what all the cool kids say these days? Cracked it in from outside yeah. the box, smashed off the underside of the bar, and uh, four nil down. And not something that keeper or owners of you know Emmy Martinez wanted to see too much because uh, yeah, basically it was a bit of a battle of our keepers this week. You had McCarthy, your namesake, and I had uh, Martinez after jumping off of McCarthy in my wildcard. So I really, really, when it was nil nil, was kind of going like, I'll just take a one nil Villa. Preferably Barkley scores, but just so long as McCarthy doesn't keep his clean sheet, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's four nil down. They're four nil down uh, in the second half, and I'm just thinking, oh, for fuck's sake! Like McCarthy's going to keep his clean sheet, isn't he? And uh, Seamus is going to be laughing. In the end, they did concede a couple of late goals, and it ended four three. But McCarthy came away with three points. That must, uh, you know, were you even were you even concerned that we it was a battle of the keepers this week, Seamus? Uh, I was at start of the, the start of the game week before it all kicked off. Uh, I was I didn't watch this game. Um, I was out on one of my long runs at the time, and I said I'll come home and I'll I'll see what happened. I'll see who has emerged victorious in the battle of the keepers. You know, second only to the battle of the bastards in Game of Thrones uh, in terms of battles. But uh, I came back and I saw four three. I was like Jesus, and then I saw the story of the game and I saw the late goals, and I thought to myself, you know what, I could really have. You know, got a lot more points here if they hadn't made those. But look, three goals is the same as two, you know, as long as it's not four. So uh, you're right about the XG. Uh, the XG stats, I'm looking at the fancy uh, football scouts uh, members area here, the stats. Uh, XG-wise, Aston Villa should have won probably 2-1. They had an XG of 1.96 to 0.73, which shows you that the goals were probably scored from were probably low-quality goals. But like he's a, he's a wizard at him. He's a wizard, Harry. He is. You know, he's brilliant at those. Um, then Vestergaard got a, uh, a header as well from his assist. So he got all the points apart from uh, Grealish, who selfishly decided to steal a load of points at the end for his owners. He I say did. selfishly. I'm just bitter. Well, I mean, you did mention it in the chat as well. So I can't even I can't hold that against you. You did say you were considering swapping Barnes. And I mean, possibly like with Burns and Trossard in your team it would not have been a stretch to look to get out of that Villa still have you know a couple of decent uh, like a, a good few decent fixtures coming up a really nice run of fixtures and uh, it wouldn't have been shocking I did double check even though I was pretty sure you still had Burns I double checked I was like he didn't get Grealish did he uh, but they would have been happy what did he come out with in the end I think it was uh, like a 15 point return or something like that Grealish got 15 yeah mm-hmm. so there's no way Burns is matched that. even if Burns got do the goal tonight which he won't do um you know that would be he'd probably come around with seven or eight points uh, he's not getting 15 so that's 
look, that was just I wanted to kind of have the freedom to have two free transfers, and I was thinking of what I, the things, different things I could do for that. Possibly then getting Bruno in in game week nine for yeah. that game against West Brom. I kind of have that possibility up because he could be a good captain option. I was like, well, maybe I just want to bank my transfer and free up some funds uh, with another move, and that will allow me that. So I was just thinking aloud, and because I hadn't. You know, dived deep into the stats behind Grealish's uh, underlying numbers. I just, I just left it. I didn't, uh, didn't make any transfer. And look, maybe I should have just played a bit more casually and went, "Fuck it, he's getting points. Just get him in. Would have served me better." Yeah, it seems. Uh, but I mean, you know yourself. As soon as you hit that transfer button, Grealish gets injured in the warm up and uh, he doesn't play. You know, and that seemed that was uh, kind of mentioned at the top of the show. That was kind of a running motif this this week. A lot of rotation. You also wished uh, pre Wolves match that you were hoping for a size benching that came to fruition. Uh, he was benched. We saw Matty Ryan benched. Pulisic injured in a warm-up, which meant that Werner was originally benched. Uh, you know, Maupay not, not even yet, yeah, not even on this in on the team sheet. Uh, and I'm sure I'm missing out a bunch because there was a lot. And you mentioned Lamptey. We both have Lamptey sitting on our benches. I think we're gonna see. I read somewhere now. Don't quote me directly, but it's something like Lamptey has fucking half a million owners or something like that. Two hundred and two hundred, three hundred thousand benched him. 200,000 to getting him off the bench. Do you know that kind of way? So, yeah. like, that's kind of the week it was in. It's like, okay, yeah, anyone that's, that suffered uh, a rotation and had Lampy sitting there, they're going to be pretty happy. But we're going to do something a little bit different this week, folks. We don't usually run down the fixtures and, and do any bit of analysis, at least not anymore. We used to do it in the early days, but it just dragged out the show too long, so we kind of, you know, cut it down, did our own style of of uh, talking shit, really. But this week, we decided we were going to podcast early. We didn't have time to put out any call for questions, so we said, fuck it, we'll do a bit of match analysis. And, uh, yeah, we've kind of already touched on a few of them there. But uh, looking at that Wolves and Crystal Palace match, Seamus, a bit a bit closer, because that is... We'll go chronological. I don't see why not. Let's not confuse the issue. And uh, 2-0 win for Wolves. It was something that I mentioned on Lama Lounge. I wanted to say I fancied a 2-0 win, but was afraid that Jimenez would pick up both goals. So I ended up kind of settling on a 1-0 win. And I was going to find... Let him have his one point. But in the end, Jimenez... You know, thankfully drawing a blank for anyone not with him. And Podence then returning for those who had stayed faithful. So, uh, yeah, Seamus, what are your thoughts on that Wolves-Crystal Palace match? It wasn't too shocking, I don't think, the result. Uh, the only thing that was shocking about it was how well they looked in the first half. Wolves have, like, all season started really, really slow. Um, I was there before this game. This will be a dead cert for nil-nil at halftime and then Wolves to win it in the second half. But they came out, they, were, they played brilliant. They were well-deserved of their lead. Uh, XG-wise, it was just an XG of 1.28 to 0.66. So the stats will tell you they you know, they were um, a much better team. Um, goal threat-wise, let's pull it up here. Um, they had 15 attempts, 9 in the box, to Crystal Palace's 11 attempts, 6 in the box. So uh, they were the more threatening. Uh, Podence was really uh, was really good. Uh, a small bit unlucky. He didn't get an assist for the first goal for the newcomer, Ait Nuri, who I hadn't heard of. Um, he got a 15-point haul on his debut goal, clean sheet, and three bonus. 
Uh, only 5.0 million. The definition of a differential, he's 0.2% owned. And probably most of those came in after his haul. So, uh, yeah, Pudent's owner is rewarded for their patience. I got off him on my wild card a few weeks ago. And one of the decisions on my wild card was to stick with him or go for Trossard. And I went for Trossard. He's got me one assists in that time. Pudent's has got one goal. He's He's done better. Uh, so just about though he's just about done better because a lot of managers losing patience with potence this week like if we were to look at quickly 200 what was he sales 20 i don't know how to read this fucking thing but (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah he he suffered uh, quite a lot of sales and uh yeah you don't blame him he was blanking getting subbed off in 78 minutes uh but you just kind of felt that he was showing when you watched it to to use the cliche eye test he was showing a lot of potential. He was getting those shots in. He looks quite the player. And, uh, yeah, this week he, as I said, delivered for his owners. Ike Nuri, never heard of him. I don't know how interested I am in him. Fantastic return. But as you mentioned, he's 5 million. you got to be looking at Kilman at the moment. If you are looking, if you can save that million and drop to 4 point, I think he's 4.2. Maybe he's gone to 4.3. But he was 4 million. <laughs> he was the big test this week. This was a bit of a litmus test is what happens... When Sice is either dropped, if if Sice is dropped from the left wing back position, is he moved into the left centre back role, or does Kilman maintain that? And thankfully for Kilman owners like myself, who who took a bit of a risk on our wild card, on my wild card, I was like, okay, four million, fuck it, see what happens. He starts clean sheet, I'll take it. Uh, that's four points more than him in his return. So uh, yeah, you know, I will say that. Um I was talking about maybe getting Sice in, or I was—I said I had a J- uh, James problem for Chelsea because I didn't know if he was going to play or not. Surprised he did play, because you know he's been dropped for a few games. Came back for the United game, but I thought that was just probably because they wanted to play five at the back, and uh, James would be you know trusted in a wing back role with Azpilicueta alongside him. But Azpilicueta was just fully dropped this game, and uh, he got me the got me the clean sheets. But I wanted to hold off until. I saw what happens. He who won the battle or who's winning the battle. And it looks like Kilman is in there. And uh, Sice is out until Kilman has a couple of bad displays, maybe. Or unless Sice gets the odd game at left wing back. But I can't see Ait Nori being dropped next game now after playing so well. He's considered a really hot prospect. I think he's only like 19 or something like that. He's one of the, I think, behind only a few players in Europe last year, considered as, uh, you know, hot property um, from the upcoming defenders. So, yeah, I assume he'll probably be him and Marcel uh, until Johnny comes back kind of rotating a bit and yeah maybe Kilman will lose a, like drop a, out a game or two possibly but I don't see it I think he's in and I think now I'm going to jump on him probably at some stage when uh, if I wanted like I could go from like Trent to to uh, Kilman that would save up a wedge of cash and would allow me to do some serious uh, restructuring Yeah, because there just isn't value in defenders. So let's get on a cheap one who's a nail starter in a team who's kept, what, three clean sheets in the last four? And unlucky to lose one last week, you know, in the dying numbers yeah. of the game. So, yeah, no, I mean, Kilman, I think he's going to see a lot, a lot more investment. As you said, there's a lot of people 
debating that Liverpool defence still, it's still going on, and I'm sorry if you're sick of listening to it, but that's the fucking topics, you know, that's not, we don't choose them, we just talk about them, and we'll get into that when we get down to the Liverpool match, but quickly before we move off of Wolves and Palace, I suppose one more notable thing there was Willy Saha delivering a one-point return for his owners, which I'm not, I'm not one of, I'm happy that he's kind of, I didn't expect him to get much, as I said, I, I did think Wolves would keep a clean sheet, Palace are just they're not a very attacking side. I know Zaha is nailing it this year so far, but they're not a very attacking side. Milivojevic is starting again, so you gotta assume like he was stepping up to take that penalty where that Palace had subsequently uh, ruled off or varred out, whatever way you want to say it. So he was stepping up. So you know Zaha doesn't have penalties in his uh, locker now. Milievich has gone off and gotten himself a red card, so he's going to be out for a few, uh, which means I'm sure Zaha will kind of step back up. But you know, looking at uh, looking at Crystal Palace's kind of upcoming fixtures, I, I mean, you're not too worried if you're a Zaha owner. I mean, Crystal Palace have a home match against Leeds, which you know won't be easy. Leeds are going to you know fucking be all all about them, all at them. But they have following that up with Burnley, Newcastle, and West Brom. So Leeds, Burnley, Newcastle, West Brom—that's a nice set of fixtures for Crystal Palace. And I don't think Zaha owners will be too worried, but we'll definitely have to. Uh, we'll definitely have to. You know, I think hide behind that. Prefer- I will anyway. I won't be having Zaha. Now the fixtures are there. The fixtures are there. You 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 wouldn't sell. You you possibly buy Leeds this week. Like you said, not the easiest. Uh, we said Wolves and Leeds. I think we spoke on last week and we said Wolves and Leeds are pretty tough. But after that, then he's got three lovely games. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. He's not going to score every game. He's got forty nine points after seven games. That's seven points uh, on average a game. He's brilliant value. He is. Why wouldn't you have him? Why wouldn't I have Zaha? Yeah, why wouldn't you have him? Because I, he's I plays for Crystal Palace, that's why. <laughs> that's the that's the only reason I can think of. I yeah. mean, Crystal Palace are like that one of those games that he got one of those goals in, and again, great if you own him, but they didn't have a fucking shot in that match. Do you know? So you gotta think his his XG now, I should probably not be mentioning words like this if I don't have a stats down, but you gotta think Crystal Palace as a whole, their expected goals are very low. And that's why I wouldn't why I'm not looking at Zaha. And I would be looking at more so the likes of a Jack Grealish. But look, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to Villa. Next match was on Saturday morning. It was the midday kickoff. And that saw Sheffield United come up against a Man City squad without an Aguero, but did have the return of a KDB. It didn't have a Phil Foden, which for myself was a bit disappointing. I, I didn't expect him to start me on with having played the 90 minutes or the major starting the match midweek Champions League I did I was kind of fully expecting him to be benched so it wasn't as bad as it was last week when I mentioned you know losing my rag in the toilet and uh, uh you know being upset I I was I was well prepared for it this week but unfortunate to see him coming on for you know 10 minutes with very little very little time to affect the game I was hoping you know if he got on a bit earlier, like that 60-minute mark he did, do, you know, then he's got a bit of time. Not so much, but City still came out on top, beating Sheffield United 1-0. Not the scoreline I think those who've invested in City would want to be seeing, especially from, you know, a match against a squad like Sheffield United, who have been pretty, you know, pretty leaky. I don't say leaky, but nowhere near the team we saw last season. And, you know, for City to just basically scrape by a 1-0 victory uh, won't be too, what would you say, appetizing for people trying to get on City, especially with, I believe, is it who they got next week? Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool and Spurs. Yeah, Liverpool next week. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, the stats will go back to stats again. I mean, like they were on top. They were the better team than Sheffield United, who kind of offered very little. Um, but their XG wasn't screaming that they should have smashed them at the same time. They had uh, 16 attempts in total, 10 of those in the box, shots in the box generally being of higher quality and higher XG. Um, they had only two big chances in total. The goal they did score was from outside the box from Walker. It was a great finish. Um, but, yeah, they didn't really pepper. Your man Ferran Torres started up front for him this week, center forward in lieu of um, Aguero or Jesus. And he looked very good, um, kind of moved in around a bit. So, yeah, he's one to watch. Uh, it was kind of interesting in him. Kevin being back, KDB, he was, yeah, he was interesting. Got himself an assist, six points. Won't complain about that if you had him. Um, I don't know if now is the time to bring him in against Liverpool, but I'll be watching that game closely. I think we all will. And anything of interest in there, we'll, we'll all be piling back on him soon. I'd rather him than sterling yeah i i don't know if i'd go as far as to say that because i'm kind of i definitely think kdb is the i think the like the safer of the two options and sterling is the more explosive of the two um as we kind of we've seen that in the last few seasons so i wouldn't i definitely don't think managers who go with a sterling over a kdb are making a mistake or doing something that i wouldn't advise or i wouldn't suggest but i do you know, I'm kind of on the fence, especially if everyone starts coming back to Man City in a few weeks. Like, I did a little, little the Fancy Football Scout Academy did a bit of a write-up on Man City and how we felt their assets were. Stop biting your fucking nails, Seamus. God, I'm going to have to come over there. No, <laughs> I can see you I now. Muted, I muted my mic and everything for that. Well, people watching can see this shit. And if you are watching and you do enjoy oh. watching Seamus bite his fingernails, please subscribe because that's the kind of stuff you get here at the <laughs> FBL Hangover. Uh, but yeah, we did a little bit of a write-up uh, for the Fancy Football Scout Academy where a bunch of content providers all gave their thoughts on City. And one of the things I mentioned was that like right now City are coming up against... You know, coming into two tough matches, Liverpool, Spurs, not going to be the easy top two in the league, I believe, uh, at the moment. So you're not, ex- you're not, ex- you don't want to go heavy on City. Like no one's thinking, oh fuck, I'm captain in KDB. But right after that, their fixtures take a really nice turn. Burnley, Fulham, the immediate two, and then there's a Man United one sandwiched in between a bunch of other lovely ones. So what I kind of, kind of indicated in that, in my little piece in that article, was that. Spurs at the same time as City come into this lovely run of fixtures are running into a horrible run of fixtures. And you can kind of see like City, Chelsea, Arsenal all coming up game week 9, 10, 11. I don't know about you and we'll get into the Spurs match in a bit more detail. But I don't know if I want to have two Spurs players and I don't know if I want to have no City coverage. So I can see a lot of managers, myself included, looking to swap either, you know, a Harry Kane one or, or a son, one or both. Yeah, for me, it'll most likely be Son just because he's in that position. And, uh, you know, upgrading him to a KDB. So, yeah. you know, fingers crossed that, you know, everyone stays fit and healthy until then because that's kind of one of, one of my moves I'm planning, Seamus. Yeah, I don't think that would be unpopular with people listening. I think I hadn't really thought about it too much, so I'm glad you kind of pointed it out, but... There is a good fixture swing there occurring. I was looking at Spurs's Spurs's Spurs um, fixture swing, and I was looking at it kind of going, hmm. Same as yourself. Do I want like two players in this period, or is one going to be okay? 
I was like, well, one is probably going to be okay. Where do I want to move? I kind of feel a small bit different to you in that I'm all kind of thinking of taking money out of my forward line now. I don't like, I've said it in the past, I traditionally don't like having money in my forward line. So I'll probably come off Kane, even though he's been looking great this season so far, and bring the money back to a, one of these cheap strikers. There's tons of them out there that are banging in goals. Um, you know, it's fantasy penalty league. You know, this year it's penalty takers again. I'm thinking about Wilson and Zaha and everyone. Like this this week again. Look at the captains: Salah penalty, Harry Kane penalty, uh, Aubameyang scores a winner for United penalty. All these big players getting penalties. Um, so I think just maybe go. Yeah, but you just mentioned then, yourself that Kane. You know, I suppose are you looking at like like who are you? Are you looking at kind of the likes of uh, Callum Wilson? Like has he turned your head a little bit? Yeah, well, someone like Callum Wilson, uh, Danny, just come, even coming down to Danny Ings from him would save me like two million. Um, put that two million into Trossard um, with a bit of money, like maybe some money from I might make from um, who else? Uh, like that could give me Pulisic or Ziyech if Ziyech continues to be in good form. Mm. Um, that could allow me to get come out of, if I do decide to come out of Trent, which I'm strongly considering, another couple of million there. That all of a sudden Trossard becomes KDB. You know, I've got three big midfielders. You know, I could become Bruno Fernandes. You know, I think I want to start putting my money back into uh, to midfields and just yeah. go with kind of... It, it could even be somebody like Chris Wood. It could be somebody like... It's not going to be Mape, but it could be just somebody who I think is on penalties, um, a forward who's banging in goals. It could be Bamford. I don't know. So these are all players I, I want to put my money into. It could even be like... The guy you sold, Charlie Austin. He's not on penalties, granted. But Charlie price, Austin. Get a grip, Seamus, will you? Oh, not Charlie Austin. Uh... <laughs> Shea Adams. Oh, Shea Adams. Well, if you're going to turn that dig on me, you're you're right. I did get rid of Shea Adams, and uh, you got rid of Ings, so you can't say shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah and I am, yeah. I am considering going back and maybe turning Brewster back into Adams. It was only, like, it depends. I'm not... He's been tipping away. He, We saw in the first couple of game weeks of the season, his stats, his underlying numbers were showing that it was, you know, on, a, on another fucking, in another FPL season, he's uh, he's the Bamford, you know. He's kind of, all of a sudden, this explosive under six million option. And, uh, yeah, he's kind of still tipping away. Picked up an assist this week. Uh, I don't know. I do like the idea of Ings, though. I think if I was to go back to Southampton, you mentioned the penalties. That's all you need to say these days. I would be looking at... Danny Ings over Shea Adams. But you segued nicely into Chelsea there by mentioning their star man this week. He he was such so that he made the thumbnail for our YouTube uh, first of the season. Fair play to you, Ziyech. Uh 3-0 to Chelsea. Ziyech picking up a goal and assist and three bonus points as Chelsea put Burnley rather comfortably to the sword on Saturday. What was it? 3 o'clock kickoff. So, yeah, he's got your head turned, James. What's he coming in at now? He's 8 Zero, he's eight on the money, 3.5% owned, and the fixtures, Sheffield United, Newcastle, toughie against Spurs, but then Leeds, yeah, I mean, the fixtures are okay, uh, the FDR there yeah. is showing you three, uh, I don't know if people can see it on, no, they can't see it on the uh, on the stream, but they're kind of middle of the road-ish, you know, um, but he does look like he could you know, be the star player for Chelsea. Now I can hear paper rustling, so that can only mean you got a couple of Seamus stats lined up for me. Is that right? I went uh, pulled out my uh, my preseason logbook here where I was looking at uh, players, and he like Ziyech was one of those players preseason. I was like, this guy's gonna be great. He got injured, um, 
Like, so he was a non-option for the first few weeks. He's had a few minutes off the bench. He played in Champions League and scored, and he's now started and scored and got an assist with 14 points this week. Um, I think going forward, he's the sort of player, you know, if um, especially if Pulisic is out, that um, who knows how long he's going to be out for, that Ziyech could be just uh, trust into the team. I can see, you know, um, Ziyech, uh, who else? I can see Ziyech, Mount, and... Havertz. Who's the other one? Uh, Havertz behind uh, Werner. Um, or, you know, maybe because Ziyech is on the right. As I said in preseason, he reminds me of Mares. He's that sort of left footer playing on the right, likes to cut in and take a shot. Now, the goal he scored this week probably should have been saved by uh, Pope. He seemed to be kind of lose his footing or kind of lost sight of the ball and was beaten probably a bit too easily. Uh, but he did set up Werner later on then as well. So he definitely has goals and assists in him. Um, over the last, uh, he's like, he's average, he averages 11.3 goals a season so far in his career to date with IX uh, FC20 and Hariven, Hariven Vern. I can't even pronounce that team's name. Uh, he's got averages 12.43 assists per season, loves a shot, averages 4.69 shots a game uh, and 3.4 key passes a game. So he is definitely going to be creating a lot and he'll be shooting a lot and the way things are going, I, he could be an option. Not just yet, but you mentioned, you know, where do we go from Spurs assets like Sun and things like that. If we wanted to come off him, he'll be somebody you'll be watching very closely this coming week. Yeah, 100% uh, this week. What what do Chelsea have coming up, Seamus? Who have they got? Chelsea's fixture. Sheffield United. Is Sheffield United. So, yeah, and they're at home. So, look, I think he could be in for, you know, a good game there. But Sheffield United didn't look terrible against Man City. Um, they... Yeah, they just attacking. They're very poor. Yeah. So I mean, that could I would expect another Chelsea clean sheet here. Uh, Chelsea defensively, just to mention them defensively for a moment. Um, Zuma is going to steal all the headlines because he got his third goal of the season. So that's three goals in seven games. Like that's fantastic. He's got three assists. He's on forty six points. Um, he is the top scoring FPL defender in the game. Uh, this season. So you know you'd want to be looking at him. But the keepers made a huge difference. Okay, Uh, like he's come in, he's kept uh, three clean sheets in three. He didn't seem to play. He didn't play two games ago. What happened to him two games ago? I was just looking over his stats. He had uh, the COVID. No, I don't know if I can say that. I was just joking. Uh, (laughs) No, he was just injured. He had a bit of a knock. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. So like he's, um, yeah, he's only played three games in the last four since he's come in. And he's got, uh, he's already got 19 points. Yeah, no, he does. Which incidentally is the same as Trent. After seven, you are dying to get onto this Liverpool boat. You're gonna have to bite your tongue a little bit longer. Yeah, there wasn't too much more coming out of that Burnley Chelsea match. I do, as you said, I think defensively Chelsea do have a lot of options. I, I pains me to admit that Zuma is uh, becoming, you know, a bit tough to ignore because not so long ago we got DM'd someone's wildcard, and you know, obviously it's not. You know, giving advice isn't uh, exactly what the fuck we're here for. As you can, as you can tell, if you're if you listen to the last thirty minutes, is we just kind of you know, bl- just shit on players, just like shit this. on players. That's what we do for for an hour or an hour and ten minutes a, a week. But I did say, and I think it was Nuclear Atoms, who's a, a regular uh, listener of the show. I think I said that Zuma was like the only issue I saw with his fucking team, and that was two goals ago. And this, yeah, and I, I remember, and since I said it, I've just been like, whoa, sure. You know, 
<laughs> that's some bad advice. But uh, hey, that's what you get for asking us. You know, you pay peanuts, you get monkeys. But uh, no, absolute um, dynamite would, start to the season for Zuma. I would just mention one player we haven't really touched on. Um, patience is paying off for players this season. And uh, Werner owners, if you stuck with him again, got another seven points. You were a bit lucky because he was starting on the bench until Pulisic got injured. Um, but he played and he scored. So you think he's in for the next game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, congrats if you had that patience. He's blanked in one, two, three, four, five, six, six out of the, or five out of the previous seven matches. So I suppose, you know, that'll, it'll still be putting people off. I think his sales are also still, you know, going down. And as you mentioned, he did, he was starting on the bench. Now, I'd say that's more to do with resting a player that, you know, played midweek and has played every match since the start of the season. But uh, yeah, maybe patience is a virtue. I know I haven't shown any of it this season and uh, it's it's duly bit me on the arse. But someone who did show patience were Liverpool. They left it real late to knock uh, West Ham on the noggin and take all three points. And uh, yeah, 2-1. Here you go, Seamus. Here's your chance. Tell me all about Salah. No, I'm joking. Uh, the big question with this match is Liverpool conceding yet again. They conceded in, what, the, it was the opening 10, 15 minutes of the match, I think. I can't uh, remember back that far. A lot of... Yeah. Uh, yes. They seem to concede first in every game. Now, they've got such talent, you know, that they will come, they can come back and win. And I think they're leading, like, the stats over the last season or two with um, uh, winning points from losing positions. Um, but they, they'll often give up a sloppy goal. Now, we all thought that this was just possibly a symptom of the restart last year, you know, title hangover celebration, you know, a hangover from their title celebrations. Um, Roll credits. But they started up the same. They started the same this year. They've given up a, a goal to West Ham. Um, you know, sloppy, very sloppy goal. Van Dijk's not there. All Gomez had to do was volley the thing out of the box. He kind of stooped to head it out, head it straight towards an Aston Villa defender. Even with Allison back, they're they're kind of giving up those chances that are uh, just fucking defensive goals. There's no two ways about it. Um, like ex- West Ham had a, a really poor XG, not point five is their expected goal involved in this game. Liverpool more than deserved to win. Um, I think West Ham without Antonio are a different team. They still looked. I still thought they looked good and threatening on the counter attack. They just never quite got the final ball right. Um, yeah, but Trent looked okay but he he seems to just fire and crosses without any real aim i said this to somebody who i was messaging while watching the game kind of going previously he would put it into an area you knew who, who he was aiming for and he'd invariably find that person's head but now he just seems to fire in balls into dangerous areas and just hope somebody's in there and there's not Firmino is playing rubbish so he's not really in there so it's only really mané that's going to be in the, t- on the end of his balls. Yeah, well, that's that's a different podcast. But uh, I would disagree with you there. I think that uh, Liverpool yes. didn't look uh, that great against West Ham. I thought West Ham were unlucky to concede the penalty. Salah makes a, a meal of it, which he's entitled to do, but he makes an absolute meal of it. And um, they got into the half one in at halftime one one. Um, against a really organized West Ham side. And yeah, no, I actually disagree. I think. West Ham were would have been deserving of a point, but that's the difference between um, you know champions and whatever the fuck you'd call Manchester United these days. Because uh, Liverpool were able to grind out that win, 
even though I think they definitely weren't at their best, regardless of whether you think they were much better than West Ham, they definitely weren't at their best, and they haven't really been since the start of the season. But that's just a a little sidetrack. But going back to your Alexander Arnold... Sorry? I was just going to say, I hope it didn't sound like I was shitting out of West Ham, because West Ham were good, but I just thought Liverpool kept turning up the pressure until it got to a point that I was like, Liverpool are going to win this. They're going to score here. It was just that kind of... You just felt it was going to come true. And it, they Jota scored and had a goal disallowed for Mane, which I think was the right call because Mane flew into the keeper and he went through the back of whoever it was, like Bonner or someone. Um, that shouldn't have stood, and I'm glad it didn't. But then Jota, you know, that, that ball from Shakiri was a lovely true ball. Mane wasn't interfering this time, and Jota stuck it away. So I said it the other day. Somebody asked us, uh, Jota, a good option. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Jada is a good option. I don't think you agreed at the time, but just comparing him to the likes of Phil Foden, who's around the same price, around 6.5, they're both rotation risks, but they're playing for top teams, and he'll get minutes. you got to think Firmino's starting place is under threat now. Well, I think that's the big difference. I think we have a bit more information. You're right. We got asked, I think it was uh, Didi last week asked us, is Jota becoming an option now? And I did. I dismissed it. Um, I don't, like... He played a, in as part of a four the week previous, um, or was that yeah. mid? No, I think it was the week, the week previous. I'm, I'm mixing up Champions League now at the moment, but he did. Uh, he he has been like he didn't start. You know that's the big thing, and yeah. I'm getting rid of Foden this week, so that tells you exactly what I think of. Uh, you know, the likes of those six million odd priced players that don't have a guaranteed spot on the team. I don't really have much time for him. That's just the you know my preference but i get it like i mean if you're willing to go some weeks he'll be on the bench and some weeks he'll uh, start and he'll be a massive differential for you cuz he will be and he is looking like um like i was speaking out of turn last week because as you mentioned Firmino's looking out of like out of sorts big time and maybe it's Jota that he needs to bring in and you you heard Sky talking about it at the weekend maybe he's the man that kind of has he was slowly kind of he eventually you know was going to be brought in to replace Firmino or kind of slowly wean Firmino out of Firmino out of, fucking hell that's tough to say wean Firmino out of the team and uh, yeah and maybe that's going to happen a bit faster than we thought because like his performances are getting pretty difficult to ignore right now for Klopp I'd imagine and yeah he picked up what was it two bonus points this week Robin Salah of some which I was happy for no captain so I was like yeah Jata coming on and uh, and Robin some some precious points but Liverpool do have City and Leicester in the next two so like I'm, I'm assuming that'll slow down uh, you know any transfers and it'll give us a bit more time to see if Jata has made his way into into Klopp starting 11 especially by the time that they come up against uh, Brighton in game week 10 uh, and Wolves in game week 12 now both away matches but I don't think uh, I don't think that should really pose too much difficulty for for Liverpool but before we move on we didn't we just touched on it um, but I know you do have thoughts on the Trent and Robertson situation and not just the Liverpool defence in general and we're like you you're obviously jumping off him that's is that where your mind is are you holding on to four more week I'm very strongly thinking I like I'm finding it very hard to just rationalize keeping him he's got 19 points after seven games like he's and he's played all seven games um I wanted to kind of check the stats a lot of a lot of people are like you know what happens next this happened last year when you sold him you know because he wasn't getting the points but last year when he wasn't getting the points it was because you know, he after I don't know what he was on after seven games. I, I should check this out, but you know, I'd say he was on like more like what Robertson's on, 
Robertson's on like uh, 29 points or something like that. So he's only on 19. If he was on 30 points, I'd still be like, that's not enough after seven games for the amount we're putting into him. But 19 points is less than three points a game. For example, I think we all agree that Ramsdale, as an FPL pick this season, has been a complete failure thus far. 18 points from six, uh, from seven games. Trent has only got one point more. Yeah. You know, and that's a keeper who can't get, he's not going to get attacking returns. So I looked into the numbers, oh. checked you know, what their underlying XG, things like that was, you know, this is after seven games and looked into his numbers, compared it then to, to Robbo. Okay. So you can compare it to, he's got an XG of 0.5. Okay. His open play XG is 0.08. 0.38 of that is coming from free kicks. Okay. By comparison, Robbo's XG is 0.97 and that's all from open play. Uh, he's expected assists 1.02, which is what he's on. He's got one assist this so, so far this season. Um, Robbo's, by example, is now 0.78. Um, you know, a lot of that's going to come from open play, like I think for both of those players. Penalty area touches, he's got nine penalty area touches. Robertson has got 29. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't. 20 more touches. Yeah. You don't need to look at the stats now. I'm happy you did. This isn't a dig at that, but you don't need to look at the stats to see how much Robertson is getting at that back post. Like, he had a shot there against West Ham that he, you know, skied it into into the uh into the fucking rafters but yeah he was still he was in, in right that area. exactly he's in that position to take the shot and uh you just don't see that from trent but trent did pick up an assist midweek in the champions league you know puts it on Salah's. Ah, fuck it i don't care about fucking champions league man he's doing nothing for us uh like if i had robertson i would be tempted to hold because his underlying numbers are good getting touches in the box open play xg is pretty good XA is pretty good as well. Uh, looking at it here, I was I was amazed at this. I know Robertson takes a lot of corners. Robertson's taken more corners than Robertson's taken twenty seven corners this season. Trent has only taken seventeen. I said that at the start of the season. Yeah, like way more corners. Um, if you look at it here, just to go back to it as well. Apart from that, goal attempts, um, he's had eleven. Robertson's only had six. All of Robertson's has been in the box. Okay, but nine of Trent's attempts so far this season have been from set plays yes so for, from free kicks so nine he's only had four shots uh not from free kicks uh, he hasn't scored a free kick yet yeah he's come close a couple of uh times but are we going to hold on to him just for the chance of free kicks maybe chances created 13 by robo or sorry 13 by trent which is nearly two a game um three of those are big chances robertson has created 10 chances three of those big chances as well so they both are tied for that uh, sorry, Robertson has two assists, not one. So, you know, Robertson's probably overperforming then. They both have one clean sheet. So, look, my question to you... Oh, no, sorry. Just to go in a small bit more. <laughs> I just... This is how much I dug. I was like, how does he compare to some other players? 13 goalkeepers in the game have more points than Trent. 13 goalkeepers. Okay. Fucking goalkeepers, man. They all cost no more than 6 million. The most expensive cost 6 million. Most of them cost 4.5, 5 million. Um, two goalies have the same amount of points as him. One of which is Mendy, who's only played three games. Twenty-eight defenders have got more points than him. Five have got the same amount of points with him, including Harry Maguire. Well, there you go. And the same amount of points as Harry Maguire. So, like, like the next question is, how much do we think that's going to improve? Okay. Well, how many how many clean sheets do you think Liverpool are going to keep this season? They've got what thirty one games left. I believe, and again, I'm fucking pulling. I should, you know, I'm pulling these out of my ass. But I'm pretty sure I read that 
was this no i'm actually i am mixing that up i'm not gonna say it but uh <laughs> i'm just remembering like that's that's actually i'm mixing up labor was a dream that was a dream yeah <laughs> reality and dreams i need to, to to sort those out my question to you i'll answer your question with another question who do you think will be the top three uh teams with the most clean sheets at the end of the season do you know in Man City now mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking uh, Cancelo would be a really good replacement now obviously I don't want to do it this week against Liverpool might hold off on that and it gives me more time to think on that's why I'm thinking I might get rid of Trent I actually think Cancelo is a, I, a trap Just I, I meant to mention this when yeah. we were going through the City uh, Sheffield United game uh, but we kind of the, the ZS segue was too easy to to jump onto but um, yeah I do I think like he he's, he just like this week he, he's been playing for a start he's been kind of playing as a centre midfielder which is kind of weird like this week he was uh without the ball was a left uh, back and then with the ball yeah. was pushing into into midfield i don't know that's the way he's kind of been playing yeah he's starting off in a left back position but kind of invariably ends up almost center midfield yeah. a lot yeah i'll need to see that um a lot more like i'll need to see that kind of consistency in terms of starts a lot more before i start looking at him like he does look lethal he uh like he picked up the two bonus points this was it two yeah he picked up two bonus points I think this week he got um, was his assist that's probably why he got the bonus point I'm asking no no he didn't um, it was previous week he got the assist in the West Ham game you're right but he did get the two bonus points and um, the clean sheet so why he's coming out of that with nine seven eight nine points but like I don't know. I'm I'm worried. Zinchenko is fit again. Um, there's a lot of matches. I just don't know. I mean, it's Pep Roulette, James. No, I'm worried about Pep fucking Roulette. Oh. Is what I'm worried about. Simple as that. See, but I, I I'll tell you why why I like Cancelo. It's because you know, like he's obviously got a very specific role that Pep wants him to do. So to me, that means Pep has a very has a plan for him, and he's obviously integral to Pep's plans at the moment. He know, we know what you can get from Zinchenko. Fuck all, really, to be honest. Yeah. So not expecting him to go in there. Mendy's looked a shadow of the player they bought with the injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, so maybe he could go in. But like, he can also play right back. I don't think he will because I think Walker's playing excellent this season. Um, but my point being, I think Man City defense are going to start keeping clean sheets now. Um, they've kept two in their last three. Um Pep is a kind of defensive coach anyway in that, you know, if the defense is conceding, we say Man City are an attacking team, they are, but Pep, you know, if they're conceding lots of goals, Pep will sacrifice the attack to try and sort out the shape. And uh, I think they probably keep the most clean sheets. I think with Van Dijk on, Liverpool will be lucky to keep, like if they keep another 10 clean sheets in the final 31 games, I I think they'll end up on 11 clean sheets maybe 12 for the season that's where i think they're going to end up being yeah and i think we're gonna we're going a little bit backwards with the city talk but i you know it kind of goes back to i do think city would probably have the most clean sheets this season i agree with everything you said there i think diaz is as much an option as Cancelo for me in terms of like he just looks like a bit of a, a fucking solid pick um mm-hmm. uh, especially when laporte's you know playing with Cancelo, he didn't start the first three games don't know why that could have been, you know, like I'd just be lying if I tried to come up with why he didn't start the first three games, but he didn't start. He's played the last three. Uh, that's 50% starting. I need to see for a 5.4 defender. I need to see a bit more, uh, you know, guaranteed starts. And, you know, you could be onto something, Seamus. I'm not completely dismissing him, but I think I'm a little bit burnt 
by the Phil Foden rotation over the last two weeks, and that's kind of put me off. Uh, you know, anyone that isn't KDB or Sterling or maybe a Jesus when he comes back. But getting back to it, you think City, I think he could be right. Liver- Do you not think Liverpool will be up in the top two, three teams to you know with the most clean sheets at the end of the year? Um, not unless there's a very low average amount of clean sheets. I, I, like I said, I predict they will end up with no more than twelve clean sheets at this point. I mean, if they've kept one clean sheet in seven. Um, I could, I can see them improving to keeping like ten clean sheets or eleven clean sheets in thirty one, but without Van Dyke, they will be exposed. They have players who won't clear the ball properly. They haven't got that leader there organizing them. Um, they're going to be playing this stupid high line that they play, and it's there's going to be somebody out of position who's not used to it. Some team's going to be in behind. Like I honestly, they could end up with like seven or eight clean sheets this this season. Um, if they keep going this way, we don't know how. Klopp is going to react to try and you know counteract that is he going to change them to like play a deeper line if they play a deeper line is Trent going to get as far forward then we just don't know it's there's lots of variables here and I just honestly think clean sheets are like we kind of take them for granted oh yeah, City or Liverpool will have 13 14 15 clean sheets this year that on top of the fact that you know Robbo is going to have minimum 15 attacking returns because he had 19 last year he had 14 the year before He's not going to have 19 attacking returns. He looks nowhere near it. Maybe he will. Maybe it'll come and then we're going to be like, here he is. Here's the guy we all know. But it's not there. And while there's improvement, he's still not even as good at improving or showing as much form as Robbo. So if I had Robbo, I'd, I'd probably be tempted to stick with him. But like Trent has shown... Nah, he hasn't looked it. Just hasn't looked it. And I, I can't see any evidence of him say to keep it. I like I Everything is telling me get rid of him yeah but there's that part of me that's going you playing this long enough you know you get rid of a good player uh they'll they'll just suddenly look good the next game and you're going shit now he looks good and now i've got to try and get him back in my team so there's that fear that's the main thing it's fear is the reason i'm not getting rid of him. fear of missing out um yeah fear not trust not trust fear <laughs> i get it i get it uh yeah i look i do you know, I agree with the the majority of what you said there um i have robertson i do feel a lot more comfortable um i am a little bit like, I'm a little bit concerned about the, you know, the City match. Obviously, I'm not expecting jack shit from that. Uh, so, for me, I'm looking at your position with Trent, and I'm thinking, so you're going to jump off him this week. So, you're not going to hold on to him for the City match, surely, if you're thinking of getting rid of him. Because, you know, why? Why not? You have two transfers. You reduce uh, your money in your defense, and, you know, you pump it up somewhere else. But, look, that's for another episode uh, in What Mistakes Seamus Med Next. Uh, moving on to the next match, it was the first match of the Sunday. We've already touched on this quite a bit, but uh, Aston yeah. Villa beaten by Southampton, three four on the day. War Prowse uh, reminding us all, uh, you know, what he's capable of on on set places. Two goals and an assist, uh, yellow card as well. And I don't even have to check; I can almost guarantee he got the three bonus points. So uh, yeah, quite a haul for himself. I doubt he's going to turn too many heads. Uh, you know. Because I mean, if you're looking at Southampton, I'm like there's a lot, there's a there's a healthy competition in the FPL at the moment for midfield spots, and if you're looking at Southampton, I'm sure the likes of Ings who picked up another goal this week, Adams who got the assist, they must be well for me they're ahead in the pecking order of assets. I might like to invest or reinvest in, as the case with Shea Adams is. But uh, what about you, Seamus? Vestergaard, he got another yeah, goal. Well- yeah, War Prowse, uh, you mentioned, was an interesting one. Yeah, two free kicks. He, he's actually, he actually, it was his birthday. 
So like he oh, did really? amazing birthday. He scored two Premier League goals, got man of the match, got an assist. Yeah. It was actually his birthday. I saw her that match of the day. I just checked up there, yeah. First of November. Um Throw a blow yeah, job so on top Benjamin. of that. What more do you want? <laughs> Mm -hmm. he's moved up to um, number seven in the list of top scoring midfielders at this point he's one point behind Mane so dismiss him at you as you know at your peril <laughs> but like 28 of those points have come in the last two games so that's what you got to take uh, take on the chin that's what she said hey um, but yeah he, he had a great game got the three points Grealish as I said we already touched him you know he got a goal he got two assists I didn't even realize he won the penalty uh, until I looked at it afterwards so you know he got 15 points I feel I don't know why I feel hard done by. I could have easily gone for him, you know. And I'm like, oh, but it just looked like for so long that yeah, you know, I kind of fancied Southampton to be Villa here. They were fucking was it four nil up or four one up mm. or something like that for most of it, and then just to see like a flurry of goals at the very end like was was disappointing. Ing scoring again, kind of breaking my heart. That's 17 points he's uh, that 17 points he scored in the uh, time we got rid of him in the same time Harry Kane scored 11 so I'm six points down on that and uh, I've only really got like he got injured the prognosis or the early results before, he's going for a scan for this uh, today uh, or this week the early results are they're not they're not too concerned about it they think it's not as serious as first thought so he could be okay it was a knee injury yeah. um, I saw afterwards Adams got an assist as well and uh, Armstrong got an assist. So lots of different options there. Ming's scoring again. Watkins. One thing we should mention is the penalty taker is not Barkley like we like people thought. It's not Grealish like people thought it might be as well. Meh. It's Watkins. No, no. You hold off there a little bit now. Um, because that's not guaranteed. That is needs to be asterisked for anyone listening to this. Because Grealish picked up the ball, was walking to the spot. Now, I don't know what the what the chat was why Watkins took it maybe it's like yeah. he hasn't scored since the Liverpool Heard match that. yeah maybe he hasn't scored since the Liverpool match and we want to give him a bit of a confidence boost um and could very well be on penalties but you know there's also a chance that Grealish is actually the one decides who takes the fucking penalty do you know so if you're thinking maybe. if you're thinking Watkins I'll at least get the penalties uh, that Villa win you know don't count your chickens just yet there needs to be a bit more kind of concrete proof on that if you ask me but it was interesting he did take the penalty he did score and uh yeah i mean let's uh have a quick look at villa's it was a good penalty as well it, it was like like that that's what gives me hope that he might take it again he smashed it in and uh yeah Grealish is the captain and there was thoughts that he might take it but barkley was on the pitch at the time and he wasn't didn't look like he was going to take it or he wasn't in the running. Yeah. It was one of uh, Watkins or Grealish. So, yeah, it could change the next time. That's definitely something to... It's a good point. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like, I don't think Barkley... Uh, like, as a Barkley owner, I don't feel like he's on penalties, which is a bit like, ah, balls. But, you know, that's the way it works. Looking at Villa's fixtures, I mean, they have a, a toughie this week against Arsenal. But then, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle... Burnley and West Brom all coming up next. Yeah, there's a. I think it's Wolves in in the middle of that as well. But um, their Villa fixtures are pretty nice. So I mean, like if you're sitting on an Ali Watkins, who what's what price is he currently at the moment, Seamus? I'm asking you a question. Uh, I had it there a moment ago, and it's come with. He's six million. So I'm actually thinking. You mentioned I mentioned Wilson earlier on. I can't. I don't. I just don't think I can go to Wilson. Um, he just does this. You get him in. He does nothing. You don't have him in. He's taking penalties. If Watkins, I thought was the penalty taker. If he scored a penalty against Arsenal, for example, um, I think I'd go Kane to to uh, Watkins in game week uh, nine, and save like four point five million and put that into midfields. That's what I think I would probably do rather than someone like uh, Wilson, who I 
talk up talked about a bit more but yeah six million is great price um he'd only blanked two games before that so i, I can't really see why he got, and he's got a hat trick i don't think it's a confidence issue i just think it was kind of like what he was going to take it and watkins was like no no remember i'm i maybe you don't think remember you promised i'm new to remember, <laughs> I, was like, I'm, I know i'm new to the club but like i'm class of penalties remember from training and he was like oh yeah you are class of penalties yeah you take him so because i'm only okay yeah yeah i mean put it this way i think that if i i have barkley six million and i would much rather have watkins i think there instead um at the moment in terms of like they're the same price and at least it seems like what mm. ollie watkins is a nailed uh, starting position i don't see why they wouldn't he was there what massive signing uh for you know transfer signing this year Frankfurt, yeah. i don't think i would say i would much prefer him like if i like if i had him i wouldn't be going oh why am i stuck with Barkley when i really want watkins i mean as long as you've some coverage there for their upcoming games after arsenal i think that's the important thing. i think what i mean uh, just to elaborate is just that i much prefer Grealish than Barkley. so if i'm going to, yeah that's what i mean yeah. it's like if i have Barkley, uh why don't i have Grealish? you know i'm like i mean i know why i don't have him but uh that was a a bit of a punt on Foden that i took for those two weeks and you know what i got a goal out of it so it's not the end of the world um but he is no. going to be making way for, spoiler alert, Zuchek this week. And uh, that will give me a few bob. Um, yeah, drop for oh, Zuchek. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought, we saying, I thought we were saying pronouncing Ziesh all around there. But, yeah. No, Zuchek or Sauchek is this. It depends on the fucking commentator. Um, yeah. But Let's move on. Let's move on. Exactly, Seamus. You read my mind. There's only three more fixtures to go through. So we're not that stuck for time. Because, you know, thankfully we only have the eight matches to go through this week. Um, benefits of recording early. Next one, again, we've already touched on him. But it was Newcastle to Everton. And one Wilson stealing the show and Calvert Lewin nicking a late consolation goal. Uh, I was fucking delighted to see that. I'll take two bonus points and a consolation goal. So happy because like we both so we both wildcarded into DCL and I was my first week last week with him. So nothing first game he hasn't scored this week and up until the 92nd minute or something it was looking the same this week i was like no i haven't got myself a fucking dud here have i but um no he does he still looks like lethal like he's fucking whenever he goes up for a header i'm like what's he got in his shoes do you know um but yeah newcastle did take the did take the the three points this week and a little return to an fpl familiar duo wilson fraser and Wilson, uh, they got the second goal, and uh, Wilson had won the penalty and scored the first one. So we won't spend too much, too long on it. But you know, it just it should be mentioned there was a change of keeper. Pickford dropped. Yes, and I mentioned a few weeks ago that okay, yeah, they fucking lost here. Um, but I said, you know, Everton, you know, defenders could be an option if Pickford wasn't in the team. And that looks like that's the case now. That being said, they're decimated with inj- injuries. Like, well, not decimated, but. Their right back is injured. Coleman's out. Their left back, Dean, is suspended with a red card. He's so back they now. have guys filling in. He's back now, though. He'll be back yeah. now. But last game against Newcastle, they had square pegs and round holes there. That wasn't really working. Um, they also are without Richarlison, who's suspended. Um, and did... What's his face? No, your man is missing as well. Hamez. So they're missing... Uh, they're missing all the creativity. Like I was like, oh, crap. Calvert-Lewin's not going to do anything. So to see him pop up, score, and get two bonus like yourself absolutely delighted the xg will tell you and the shots in total here will tell you a lot about it um like the xg stats like uh newcastle had 2.97 xg to 1.46 for everton i think a lot of that though is callum wilson scored from like half a yard out 
basically like on the line yeah. and he tapped it. I out. was wondering if and it was the... even going to be his goal. I was like, did that cross the line before? But yeah, no, it was his goal. I think it actually might have been going across the goal. I think it yeah. might have went wide. So I think like that would have been an XG of 0.9 or something like that, I imagine. Um, and the penalty is obviously a high XG as well. Um, so yeah, look, he, he's again getting more penalties. So he's doing things there. Um, Everton, yeah, I think I'm just going to put that down to injuries, man. You know, and uh, coming up against a Newcastle team that thought they could get that get at them and just outperformed them on the day. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I don't think there's too much reason to panic in regards to, as you said, Everton's form. It was very much a case of, look, let's see what we can do. Because, yeah, their starting eleven was kind of a little bit decimated. I think Richarlison was a, is a big loss. He really kind of takes a lot of focus off of... DCL and uh, or you know just off of the like he just drags uh, defenders onto him because he's fucking lethal so um, he's surely back soon is he when is he back because that's when I can see them improving again yeah I mean he he is I don't know if it's this week but if it's not this week it's certainly next week Uh, but Everton have a tough one this week anyway against Man United so they will be hoping to get him back but for DCL owners you're not going to be tough yeah well tough tough uh, in regards to I mean I don't know I I, we give United a lot of shit and we're going to give him a bit more shit pretty shortly but uh, defensively, they're not. They're not an absolute shambles. I mean, outside of that Spurs match, no. uh, you know that they're not. Uh, stats wise, they are always up there a lot more than you demand. For me, a lot more than I'd ever imagine. Uh, looking at the results and whatnot. But yeah, tough, tough enough one this week, at least FDR wise. But then Fulham, Leeds, and Burnley in the next three. That's uh, tasty fixtures. So DCL owners won't be worried. And um, Newcastle. Yeah, their fixtures kind of take a nice turn after game week nine. I mean, they've an okay one this week, a, a way to Southampton, but then a tough one against Chelsea in game week nine. But then Crystal Palace, Villa, West Brom, Leeds, I think, and Fulham. Uh, I can't fucking barely read it. Fancy Football Scout, if any of you listen to this, put the ticker back to the way it was. It's an absolute shite the way it looks now. But uh, yeah, um, it's they're, they're not bad. I know that we have a couple of you know uh, people in the mini league with Wilson, and I'm going, hey, I mean, like he's tipping away. Like what? Where? Like he's gotta be up there in uh, in terms more of more points than um, Calvert-Lewin now. And Trent Alexander-Arnold, would you believe? You know, <laughs> I think everyone, yeah, that's, everyone has more points than Trent, man. So that's fine. Uh, but yeah, he's got more points than uh, than Calvert-Lewin now, and everyone's creaming themselves over Calvert-Lewin, and rightly so. But uh, you know, he's it's not like he's not owned by people. He's like thirteen point four percent owned Wilson. So yeah. it's just by comparison to Calvert Lewin, who's like fifty six percent owned. No, great, great uh, spot to have more than D- to D- to to have more than DCL at this stage uh, is you know it's like we no one was really talking about Wilson. I mean, yeah, he scored in I think game week one, and we you know he's on the thumbnails and he's here and there, but it's Newcastle, so you're kind of it's similar to that Zaha argument I made a while ago where. I'm not expecting Newcastle to be very uh, attacking or really threatening teams, uh, you know, offensively. So I wasn't really looking at them. He is, he's, you gotta be kind of, you know, changing your mind a little bit now, at least opening your mind, Seamus, which is something I know you, you hate to do. But uh, yeah, I think that's about it for the Newcastle Everton match. Um, Wilson and the two strikers really stealing the shoulder. No clean sheets to be found. And then on to the Man United Arsenal match. We won't spend too long on this because there just isn't a lot to talk about. Um, I think just depress ourselves if we did. Yeah, you know? I mean, like the main issue for me, uh, the main talking point for me is there's two Aubameyang getting his uh, getting his goal. Uh, he'd been on a bit of a dry run, so he you know he, he scored a penalty and that kind of it broke his duck a little bit. Uh, Bellerin picking up an assist. He's he is someone that uh, I'm kind of you know looking at in terms of especially if, if those looking to jump off of Robertson and Trent. Five million, yeah. 
Aston Villa, Leeds, Wolves, Spurs, Burnley, Southampton, uh, so forth. Like, not a bad run of fixtures. And he is, like, if you can say anything about Arteta, it's that he has got the lads organized. Do you know, very organized. Yeah, but he, yeah, and Bellerin, you mentioned him, is somebody I was looking at for my uh, wild card in game week four. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't go from that particular week, he ended up with 11 points. I'm like, ah. And part of the reason by, by I was looking at him is like, you know, we've seen in seasons gone by, not last season because he was injured for a lot of it, but previous seasons he's got six assists, five assists, four assists, five assists. We know he gets forward and he's quite attacking. He's five million. He is somebody I feel like, oh, maybe I should have went with him a few weeks ago. Uh, but his fixtures turn and they look pretty good now going forward. I mean, uh, their next home, their next four home games are uh, Aston Villa, Wolves, that's tough. Burnley and Southampton. Those are all nice home fixtures, and you know he's going to start, uh, so he could be somebody that I would be interested in getting. Um, got the three bonus because he got the assist, won the penalty. Aubameyang, no interest, not with his price. You know, I don't really care if he's on penalties. They they're not scoring a lot. Ar- like Arteta is just too defensive. They were actions against United. They put a really high press. United couldn't bring the ball from defense into midfield at all. Couldn't create anything uh, apart from. Greenwood had one really good chance. Uh, that's the only one I can really think of. Yeah, I think the only other talking point there, I agree with everything you said um, regarding Arsenal. The only other talking talking point there is is Fernandez getting subbed off on seventy uh, fifth minute. It has to be a sickener for owners like myself. Now, don't get me wrong, I wasn't expecting the massive haul here, but he does take penalties, and uh, when United are chasing the game, you do not expect him to take off your best attack. Well, arguably your best attacking. Uh, option in the midfield so to see him come on for you know and and with McTominay still on the pitch it's a bit it was silly I'm not going to get into the tactics of it but Fernandez owners uh, they got to be a little bit worried I know I'm a little bit like oh I'm definitely holding on like the reason he's still there is because as you mentioned earlier I'm a little pissy that you you've spotted it but I suppose that's the joys of playing the game for 14 years is that West Ham or West Brom fixture in game week Nine, game week nine. nine yeah, uh, like he looks to me like he'll be my captain that week because there is not a lot of options. Um, Liverpool against Leicester, City against Spurs. Um, but United with a lovely home match against West Brom. Now United have yet to win at home this season, so I don't know how lovely that match is anymore. Um, and yeah, that, I I'm a little bit concerned. Like I'll definitely be uh, a bit nervous putting the armband on him if that does come to pass um, because I just I don't really know what to make of United at home at the moment but that's all I wanted to say on the Man United Arsenal match um, you you have anything left on that Seamus? No no let's move on because it's just depressing me even thinking back on watching that match Yeah, last week of the, or last match of the game week thus far uh, Sunday evening late kickoff Spurs versus Brighton heavily um, FPL in heavy FPL investment in that match on all both teams really and uh, yeah Kane Lamptey uh, two heavily owned players uh, of completely different uh, sides of, the co- of uh, you know the spectrum uh, both in and amongst the points we kind of touched on it already Spurs grinding out a 2-1 victory against Brighton um, Spurs I'm telling you now what I said at the start of the season I like think their position in the league betrays them a little bit their performances are betrayed a little bit they were not great against Brighton uh, no they weren't Brighton, I think Potter got his tactics wrong um, at the start of the match. He decided to sit back um, really, really deep and let Spurs have the ball. And that was just not working. And you saw it. As soon as they got the penalty, he had to change shit up. And uh, he did. And, it, you know, it proved 
fortuitous uh, for them, you know, in the sense that Lamptey scoring the equaliser and, uh, you know, it, it took a late, late goal, first in, what, seven years or something for Gareth Bale to, in a Spurs jersey? Is that, did I hear that somewhere? Uh, I heard something like that, yeah. Yeah, so is, I assume you're getting Bale straight into your team now. Uh, maybe in draft if I can <laughs> trade him, that's about it. But uh, no, price wise, no, it's too expensive. Um, he'll start games soon, I'm sure, but we don't know when exactly. Um, the other player in the similar price bracket to him was uh, Son. Son had one goal attempt this game, not on target. Um, yeah, Son. I'm just looking at that. He had two penalty area touches, like. Compared to Lalana, had nine penalty area touches. Trossard had five penalty area touches. Even Bale in these limited minutes had three penalty area touches. So, um, yeah, Son had a had an off day. He did. Uh, people would have captained him. Uh, Kane played the first half very deep. Um, he at least had some chance. He had two goal attempts, uh, both inside the box. Two big chances. One, obviously, he hit the post. So that could have been more points for you. You must have been a bit sickened to see that where he couldn't sort out his feet and react quick well, enough. It wasn't that he couldn't sort out his feet. It was that, like, by the time it, he had sorted his feet out, the angle was just gone. Like, I mean, yeah, that was a very... I was like, you know, Age of the Sea kind of... That's all I wanted was mm. the second goal and it's literally, like, what, this much of a difference? Uh, just that angle was so fucking, you know, uh, tight. Yeah. It was a weird one, though. You would have expected, uh, you know, on a different day, him to stick that. But I guess he's... Um, He's gotten too much practice defending at the moment, so he's kind of sticking him outside the post. Yeah. Uh, but he was playing very deep. First half, he was like saying, Kane was like playing in like almost centre midfield, like we've seen him do that quarterback role. And Son was playing almost centre forward, but Son then kind of seemed to drift more out to the left hand side once they went ahead. And uh, yeah, then Son wasn't seen for for the rest of the game. But Reggion got the assist for. Um, He's somebody who's been attracting interest. Bit too pricey for my liking, especially considering that uh, they're not really keeping clean sheets. Um, yeah. Game week 8 against West Brom. I, I don't think I'll be getting in just because of those fixtures in game week 9, 10, 11, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal. I'm not sure I'm going to go for them. No, I'm with you. I do. Like, I had Dyer. I thought I was kind of at the start of the season. I was like, you know what? This lad's going to keep his... Uh keep his spot um, with Mourinho and I and that's kind of proved to be the case I do think he's nailed on for 5 million but Spurs aren't keeping clean sheets um, at all really and uh, this week no. with Reggion getting booked and losing the clean sheets in you know inside the 60 minutes I was like oh, okay well there you go that's why and he did pop up with that latest assist which is kind of a sickness because he's what 4% owned so um, you know it, there's a few people picking him up but I'm with you I don't think uh, I want to be looking anywhere near Spurs especially with the likes of you know Chilwell and Zuma like we've talked about Chelsea's defensive options um, they're all there you know uh, far ahead yeah. of, of Spurs in my mind but I think that wraps up the Spurs game unless there's anything you want to touch on Seamus before we before we, we tie that uh, yeah two things I just just said underscore uh, that game Brighton just seem like they're going to be that team that are going to we're going to consistently talk about as oh they really should have be getting better results they really should have won that game when they lose or draw games um, and that's not a good position to be in like will they start turning these perform some good performances into wins will they start performing when they're not you know already chasing games will they hold on to leads that they have yeah maybe they will but I definitely don't want Trossard in my team anymore. I don't want two players. Um, I, I kind of tempted to hold on to Trossard, you know, another game or two because I probably have other transfers I can make. And their fixtures. So that's the last thing. I... Yeah, their fixtures aren't like poor for Brighton. That's the thing in the sense that like up next they have a home match against Burnley, then they have an away match to Villa, Liverpool, of course. That's going to be 
probably the toughest game of the season. And then Southampton, Fulham, Sheffield United, yeah. all in the next uh, you know seven or eight matches. So their fixtures are still decent, but I'm with you. I think, I, I like when I saw Trasser starting up to up front this week, I was like, oh, typical. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like Seamus's yeah. six million differential is now playing up front. Now if that continues, he, he, he's been playing up front anyway, kind of in a kind of a two. That's kind of when you see the lineups and yeah. come out. He's up there with Mape, but he kind of gets to, to move around off him. Um, Mape so owner is going to pulls be, out wide and stuff. Yeah, Mape owner is going to be second to like they'll be concerned. Like, why wasn't he even on the squad? That's what I want to know. Uh, Potter said tactical. That's a load. That's a load of shite. You don't like not have a striker in the subs bench, you know, tactically. But but like all that tactical means is he was dropped. Like dropping somebody for form yeah. is a tactical. Did you did you somebody. watch the, the Potter interview or did you or did you read it? No, but I heard about yeah. it. Yeah, well, I watched it, and you knew that those eyes, they were portraying him. There's something going well, on about- there. Maupe is a mouthy little cunt, and uh, there's no... I guarantee you there's something else going on there. But look, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm same, wrong. The, the same thing happened with Matt Ryan. Exactly. So, I don't know. Maybe Maupe and Matt Ryan are breaking off on their own, setting up their own Brighton team. We don't know. But uh, I reckon they were caught kissing in the showers, and he was like, no, lads, come on. Keep it outside the yeah. No, room, no company. No intercompany relationships. Uh, yeah. So that is the Brighton and Spurs game. And it's also the end of the podcast. Now, before we completely go, I am going to pop this up on screen. Seamus said he doesn't want to do the mini league, and he's right. He said, "Fuck them. It's they're useless. I'm sick of looking at it. Uh, I'm. It's basically because he's propping up the whole league, as as Stevensaurus Rex kindly reminded him." Uh, Incorrectly later incorrectly. Or, earlier, yeah, or earlier on this week. But it's a quick look at it as it stands before tonight's fixtures. Damien McCallion is still the top. Paul Galloway is second. Javenger Ray is dropped down to third. But again, fixtures left. Paul Galloway the second. Your days are numbered, my friend. So either get on to us and let us know what fucking team you want in the team or, or in the league or they're both gone. Uh, I did a quick shout out. We'll only do the top five. Quick shout out to Ian Walsh. Uh, you know, big friend of ours. And yeah, he's having a smashing season. 52 points this week as well. So he's in the top five. And uh, he's pretty chuffed about it. But if you do want to join the league, it's EH4HH7. That's the mini league code. EH4HH7. That'll be open for a couple more weeks. But uh maybe not not so long we, we haven't really talked about it yet uh Seamus take us home give everyone those nasty details okay before I do just a quick update to let you know that Mitrovic has two assists here at the moment as Fulham are 2-0 up against West Brom uh no one's going to have Bobby Reed or that guy Aina Aina Ola Aina uh the fullback um they're the guys with the goals so that's a little bit there so if you're on the uh Sam Johnston is it Sam Johnston yeah, yeah goalkeeper you've just lost uh your clean sheets. Um, Leeds Leicester later on, of course. Um, but yeah, if you want to find us, uh, we will have to have a drunk tank next week. We will we? Yeah, we'll put if we're doing an early pod next week, we'll we'll put if, the drunk tank out the night before. If we or even like that. if we even do a pod next week, I'm half tempted to to call an international break because it's next international break after that, isn't it? Uh, that's true. That's correct. Yeah. So we will decide next we'll week. Decide. We'll let you know. But if you do want to reach out to us, you will find us primarily on Twitter. That's where we're going to be most engaged. Uh, we're going to be at FPL Hangover, and that's where you'll find Jer. I'm going to be found at FPL Drunk. You can also email us, fplhangover at gmail.com if you want to go old school. We're also on YouTube. Look for the FPL Hangover um, 
page and subscribe, like that stuff. Uh, we're also on all the major podcast platforms, including iTunes this year. So if you can like, rate, or leave a review, that'd be amazing. And yeah, anything else? What have I failed to mention there? No, that's nail on the head, Seamus. That's everything. Yeah, nail on the head. Uh, as you said, make sure to give us a like or subscribe, especially on, on YouTube and Apple, because that shit makes a fucking huge difference. Um, but yeah, we can leave it there, folks. Enjoy game week eight. I hope it's a, a better better shout for you than it'll be for us, because the way shit's going, who knows? Uh, but yeah, enjoy it, guys, and God bless. Bye.